0: Exodus chapter 1 is our passage for this morning. Grab your Bibles and let's dig into the Word of God together. Exodus chapter 1, we're going to just read verse 8. We're going to actually be looking at a little little bit of the last chapter in Genesis and then a little bit here in the first chapter of Exodus as we finish out. This is the last uh, sermon in the series on on, uh, Joseph. And so in Exodus chapter 1, And verse 8, it says, Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Um, Coleman Mockler was the head of uh, Gillette Corporation back 30 years ago. And he had had been the, the CEO for quite a while, he had led the company in tremendous growth. And there was this um, uh, one day in particular where uh, he had just been, um, they had done a big interview with him because he had been so successful, and they put him, Forbes magazine was putting him on the cover. And Forbes had sent him a preview copy of the, the magazine with him on the cover. And so that day, um, it was in January 1991, he came into the office, and the rest of the office knew that you know, he had been interviewed, he was going to be the, the cover of Forbes magazine. And so as he came into the office that day, um, all of the, the executives that were there kind of in the bullpen or whatever, they all stood up and were cheering him, and he received that. He was you know really um, gratified by the level of, of adoration and the level of success. And so he had this copy of Forbes magazine with his picture on the cover, He had just been cheered and handshaked with everybody there and he went into his office and he died of a heart attack. With Forbes magazine with him on the cover in his hand, he died of a heart attack. As we look at this passage this morning, um, we're going to talk this morning about the legacy that we leave. Um, about when we do pass away, what's left behind us. And as we look at Joseph, we, we've gone through this series now for several weeks. And in Exodus 1:8, even though this is a, a famous passage because it kind of sets the, the transition between we had the story of Joseph and, and what he did, and then we're going to switch over here, and, and this is a different sermon series that we're not going to go into right now. But then you switch over, of course, to the story of Moses in Exodus. But even this little verse tells us a lot about the situation at this point. Uh, Verse 8 says, Then a new king to whom Joseph had meant nothing came to power in Egypt. It reminds us of some essential details. Israel is down in Egypt. They're there because of Joseph. Joseph was highly favored. Israel came down um, and and was blessed to be there because of that. Um, Joseph had great power, but he... Uh, at this point, had been gone for a long time. He had passed away hundreds of years before. And in the meantime, um, Israel had grown greatly to the point where they were a, an incredibly huge group of people that were no longer a blessing to the Egyptians, but now the Egyptians feared them. And so as we look at this uh, this verse, which is where we're going to end up today, and then what we see at the end of Genesis, um We've been going over for weeks talking about Joseph and the extraordinary life that he lived. And as I said at the beginning, I think of all the Old Testament characters, Joseph is, he's not the most important, but he is the most impressive. Because he's the one that doesn't have a big moral failure. He's the one that stays faithful all the way through. And so Joseph is an incredible character for us to look at. And we've examined uh, several of the aspects of his life, several of the the, um, uh, phases of his life. And now as we come to the end, we want to talk about what we can learn from Joseph's death uh, what we can learn from how he ended his, the how his life came to the end and what he left behind um, and of course in our lives what are we going to leave behind let's go back to the last chapter of Genesis for the first point and then we'll um, and then we'll go from there in Genesis uh, chapter 50 and looking starting in verse 15 it says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, um, uh, Joseph's father had finally reached an age where uh, where he passed on. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, your father left uh, these instructions before he died. Uh, This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. That, of course, was a lie. Joseph, or Jacob hadn't said that, but they're lying to Joseph because they're scared that with their father gone, he's going to treat them terribly. Um, now, please forgive the sins of your servants, the God, uh, the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves," they said. But Joseph said to them, "Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to do me harm, but God intended it to for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will be I will provide for you and your children." And he reassured them spoke kindly to them. The first thing we want to talk about is this. Joseph reveals the incredible impact one life can have. Joseph reveals the incredible impact that one life can have. I, I think sometimes we act like that everything's just kind of faded to happen, and things are going to you know, go in a certain way, and, and we really don't have any kind of impact on that. Things are going to end up the way that they're going to end up. And that's not true. The Bible makes it very clear that the actions that we take for God or against God have an impact on how things turn out. Um, Just to use a really small example. um, I would say most of us have been in a meeting before. uh, Maybe it's at work, let's say. And and the meeting's kind of getting off track and people are starting to get at each other a little bit and and, and things are not going well. But then there's somebody in the room, um, maybe... Uh, just somebody with a really even keel and, and somebody who's more mature, who kind of speaks up and, and kind of redirects the conversation to something where everybody can kind of come together. You fast forward an hour later, everybody leaves that room on the same page. We're all working toward the same thing, smiling. And we're kind of like, we well, you know, it was inevitable that that was going to happen, but it wasn't. It took that one person who kind of spoke up in the midst of, of that moment when that meeting could have gone in a really bad direction to be that one person that guided them in a better place, to a better place. Um, we all know hypothetically that one life can make an impact. But I feel like in daily life, in daily life we, we kind of get, um, you know, I'm just doing what I'm doing and I need to pay the bills and I need to get the kids to wherever they need to go or the grandkids to wherever they need to go. And we don't think about um, we don't think about the desire that we should have for our life to have that kind of an impact. Um, the the teacher who shows love to the kid that isn't getting love anywhere else, and that that ends up making an enormous difference in that person's life. The the parent that models what a life. Lived walking with Jesus looks like day in and day out. That provides their child with an example that they can follow. The the businessman who actually puts what is right before making money. Um, as we think about the the verse here, we see all of uh, of Joseph's family there in Egypt, and we see the impact that um, that he has had because of of the faithfulness that he showed in walking with God and in, in doing what was right. Um, somebody did a study of a bunch of obituaries in the New York Times. Um, and they weren't like paid obituaries where you put it in for your family. But these were ones where somebody had died who had who was worthy of an obituary because of the life that they lived. And they looked for the most common word in those obituaries. Um, So these are lives that were extraordinary. What was the most common word? It wasn't money. It wasn't status. It wasn't CEO. The most common word was help. These were people consistently who had seen others who needed help and had provided in their lives, they had gone to assist others rather than focusing on themselves. Um, When we think of what we're going to leave behind, when we think of the legacy that we're going to leave behind, we have an opportunity as one life to impact those around us, to impact our community, to impact those in our family. We have an opportunity to do that. Joseph impacted so many lives. Are we living our life with the intent and with the desire, I'm going to live my life in a way Where I'm going to leave a legacy of having impacted those around me. Flip over to Exodus 1. There's a second thing. In Exodus 1 through 7, it says there, um, actually, let's just start, just list the the family there in verses uh, 1 through 5. Let's just hop down to verse 6. Exodus 1 6. Now, Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation. Died, But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. The second thing is this. Joseph reveals that the impact of our life echoes after we are gone. It echoes after we are gone. So Joseph passes away. And yet, as you look here... um, First of all, the fact that uh, they're all in Egypt shows the impact of Joseph's life because they all came down because he was there. But also, the fact that they're alive because there was a famine going on and there was no promise that they were going to be able to make it. The impact of of their life just in in all those folks that are listed in the first few verses there of Exodus chapter 1 still being around indicates the impact that he had. Um, I saw uh, Fred Rogers one time give a speech and he asked in that speech, he said, I just want to take a minute. Um he said, I want everybody to think of someone who is now gone um, who greatly impacted your life. And so everybody kind of thought of somebody and and he said, now I want you to just take a minute, literally 60 seconds, I want you to take a minute to think about that person and what they meant. And while I was watching this video of him giving the speech and him doing this, I, I did that myself. I thought of somebody who had passed on and, and the impact that they had on my life. And it was a deeply meaningful minute because none of us are who we are without the impact of other people who came before us. Those that, that loved us earlier in our lives and then went on. And their life echoes past when they had passed on because they impacted us so deeply. And within our lives, we need to think about the the fact that we're going to pass on someday like Joseph passes on here, and yet there is a legacy that's left after we pass on. What is the legacy that we want to leave after we pass? What what do we want to have imprinted on our friends or on our, our kids or on our grandkids? What is the thing that we want to leave with them? Joseph here, in these generations that follow, Joseph has made an impact on their lives to the point where he, he leaves the legacy after he's gone. Um, again, we've got to pay the bills. We've got to get over here. We've got to do this. We've got to work. A lot of times we forget the fact that the legacy that we leave behind is not the money that we make, or the fact that we had a title. It's the impact that we make on people. The legacy of our life is the impact that we make on people. Who am I pouring my life into? Who are you pouring your life into in a way that when we're gone, they will say, my life was different. My life is different because that person was in my life. Then Exodus 1.8. Go back to where we started from. It says, Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. The third thing is this. Joseph reveals that our impact eventually diminishes, so each generation matters our impact eventually diminishes, so each generation matters. We have an impact, and we want to live our lives in such a way that we make that impact. But verse 8 reminds us, and this is many years later, but then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. There's an old saying about the fact that the church is always one generation away from oblivion, and that's not technically true because the church is... Jesus has promised that we'll make it all the way to the kingdom. But as we think about that, individual churches are always one generation away from oblivion because if we don't pour our lives into our kids, who in turn pour their lives into their kids, the the gospel of Christ is not going to be shared the way that we want it to be. And as we think about that, um, we need to pay attention to how we are impacting the next generation and how whether we are giving our resources and our time, our money, our love, our and whether we are focusing on them so that, you know, Cosetta this morning did a great job with the children's sermon, except I want to say there's no analogy between TikTok and prayer. That doesn't work, but everything else was really great there. I'm just kidding. Um, as we think about the impact that we have on our kids, um, we need to make sure that we uh, are living our lives in such a way that they understand what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. Um, this is a um, this is a bad week in the Butcher House uh, coming up because um, Tuesday uh, Jenna heads down to Huntington to to start school Um, which means as of the middle of this week uh, Karen and I will officially be empty nest people. Um, And if I can summarize my feelings toward that, I hate it. I hate it. Um, But time marches on. And as, as we think of time marching on, I had a certain time there where they were under my roof, and it was important, and I hope I did a good job, of living my life and being a father to them in such a way that as they go out, I have imprinted upon them what I thought was important and what I thought was worthwhile. And I pray that was Jesus Christ. And as we think about the fact that we are moving through time, and now you know we're looking forward to getting into the grandkid time and all that kind of stuff, but we need to recognize the limited amount of time that we have and the opportunities that we have to pour our lives into those around us in order to hopefully make an impact on their life so that people, when we pass, look and say, um, I'm closer to Jesus Christ because I knew that person. Um, yesterday, uh, the boys and I went down Steel Steel Memorial United Methodist, which is where Karen's mom and dad went to church. Uh, they do a scramble every year. Uh, a golf scramble, and we went down and played because Karen's dad was the one that organized that every year. Um, and so when he passed away, they renamed it the John Call Memorial Tournament. And, um, and you know, we wanted to go down, any excuse to play golf, but we wanted to go down and participate in it because you know we wanted to honor him. Um, but it would be a shame if his legacy was a gulp. But that's not his legacy. Because John Call lived his life not only loving Christ, but in faithful service to Christ. And, and all we can do is make the impact and hope that it, it, it sticks and we're not in charge of the other person. But in John Call's case... He lived his life faithfully serving, loving Jesus Christ. He has three daughters, all three of whom are faithfully serving Christ. And he has a ton of grandkids, two of whom now, including Jonathan, are preachers of the Gospel of Jesus. I enjoyed that tournament yesterday, that golf tournament, but that is not the legacy of my father. The legacy of my father-in-law is that he lived out a life of serving Jesus Christ. His daughters saw it, and his grandchildren saw it. And they saw something in him that they did. As we think about Joseph here coming to the end of his life, and we think about legacy, it's a reminder to each of us, what are we doing? How are we living our lives in such a way that when we are gone, we will leave a legacy where people have been pointed to Jesus Christ because we were in their okay. Father, I pray this morning that we would live lives that are fruitful for the kingdom. I pray that we would live lives that are focused on Jesus. And I pray that we would live lives that want to see an impact on people around us. Father, um, I pray this morning that we each might take this moment to think about whether we are leaving in the way that we live our daily lives,
1: a legacy worth
0: leaving behind us. And if not, I pray that we'll make some changes to live a life worthy of our Savior. I pray in Jesus' name,